0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Martinis and Bikinis, the podcast for everything under the sun. I am your hostess, Veronica Julia, and I am here to help you navigate your 20s through all things lifestyle, beauty, and fashion. So if you're ready, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Martinis and Bikinis. Today we have on someone that is absolutely so inspiring and very, very cool. I know you guys are going to get so much useful info in this episode, and from our guest. Her name is Alyssa Jalamus, and she is a retired professional athlete and swimmer, 21 times American record holder, and she competed in the 2012 London Paralympics and the Rio 2016 Paralympics. Alyssa has now gone on to start her own business and nonprofit, AMG Fitness, where she helps others with disabilities adapt, move, and gain through physical fitness. So, Alyssa, I am absolutely so honored to have you on the podcast. How are we?
1: Yes, I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yes, thank you for coming. I know this like rain is not oh my doing gosh, anyone it's favors. So gross. I know, I know. So I like to start these podcast episodes with like the roots. So where are you from? Tell us a little bit more about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was born and raised in Chicago, so a little bit outside called Naperville. And I lived there literally my whole life. I have an older sister and a twin brother, now we've kind of all separated. So they live kind of all over the country. And I went to school at Loyal University in Maryland, where I swam Division I. So that's kind of how it brought me to the East Coast. And so then after the East, or after school, I moved out here. I actually didn't know anyone. And so I got this job opportunity, and they're like, You're moving to Virginia. And I was like, I have no idea what's happening. (laughs) So I like showed up in Clarendon and I'm like, I've literally, how expensive is this? Like I was so struck, but I've lived here for now five years and I live in Charlottetown now. Oh my gosh. I don't know why I thought
0: you lived in Arlington. But no, Shirlington is like so cool. I like know a lot of people are moving out there too.
1: Absolutely. We live like right on like I would say the only street that is Yeah. But it's really cool because you could still walk to different things like and all of that. So it's very cool. I like the move. Especially like coming from Clarendon to Sherlington. It's like an older vibe, which is nice too. You kind of grow out of Clarendon pretty (laughs) (laughs) It's
0: so funny because I remember whenever I interned in DC, like we were always going out in Clarendon. Like that were Spider Kellys and oh like Don gosh, yeah. Tito and all that is. I don't know why I always like think it's somebody somewhere else, but yeah, that's like what I like register Clarendon. Oh yeah, as.
1: and it was like really fun because all my friends lived there our first year. Like we were all in walking distance of Clarendon, so it was really cool and a fun time to be like, oh, we're like twenty two and like have access to all of like what Clarendon has to offer, which is not a lot, but it was enough. No, no, that sounds great. Honestly, yeah.
0: so. I think your story is so cool. And I know that you, before you started competing in the Paralympics, you were competing at like the high school level and won state multiple times this wasn't competing against people with disabilities. It was just like everyone. So tell us more about that. I think that is like so cool and badass and I would love for you to just like tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can kind of give you the rundown of my swimming. Yeah, yeah. I actually started swimming when I was three as a form of physical therapy and I've always loved the water. I just felt like it was free and I felt like I could keep up and I think that's really important as a young kid with a disability. Like that's where like the playing ground was even and I really, really loved that. I actually grew up just swimming on like my able-bodied summer league team and I really didn't think anything of it. I didn't think I was that great and I wasn't really in the world of adaptive sports. I didn't really know what they were. I couldn't tell you what yeah. the Paralympics were at that point. It was point. just fun. Yeah, exactly. And Great Lakes Adaptive Sports Association saw me swimming when I was like 12 or 13. And they're like, have you ever heard of the Paralympics? I looked at my mom and I was like, no. And they're like, <laughs> you were really good. Like, oh A plus. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of fast forwarded. And I went to my first national meet when I was like 13 or 14. I, again, had no idea. I've never been in adaptive sports before. I've never seen that many people with disabilities, like competing. And my coach is like all excited for me to be there. And I was like, I'm going to get my butt kicked. I don't know why (laughs) we're all like so excited about this. And I finished my first, the 200 was kind of like my best event. And so I finished the 200 free and he, uh, he, like, looks at me and starts smiling. And he writes down a time that's, like, three seconds off of mine. And I was like, okay. And, like, I came in first in that heat. But, like, in swimming, there's so many different heats and different things. Yeah. Like, you can't base off that. And he smiled and said, looks like you're going into finals first. And you were three seconds off the American record. At oh. At And I was like, what? That
0: and is like, so badass. Oh, my God. I would literally be like— Especially because you had absolutely no idea
1: what you were getting no yourself into. It's so like I always like to say I like, kind of fell into success. So like all of a sudden I was like swimming for fun and then all of a sudden it turned into like something that I'm really good at and everyone put on this like extra pressure. And I was like, I still don't know what I'm doing. So it was a lot of learning in that year and like falling into that world, which is funny because now I've been in that world for 10 years. And I was like, yeah, that probably stirred up some people. Like, it was <laughs> definitely, like, I was definitely talked about. Like, who's who's this stands. girl? Yeah, with the mom. Like we knew the guy once it came on, but I was like, oh, that is crazy. So that's kind of how jump-started my professional career at age 13. That is so
0: crazy, 13. That is so young. Yeah, I I was still in middle school. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Like eighth grade, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that is nuts. And I know that you went on to compete in London in the 2012 Paralympics. Yeah. And you were still a teenager then, right?
1: Yeah, I was going into my junior year of high school. Oh my god! I don't even think I had a driver's license or maybe I had just gotten my driver's license like right around the time I went to London. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. I can't
0: imagine what that felt like. Like just kind of being thrown into this whole world yeah, and then it was
1: like something with like 18 months from when I found out about the Paralympics to when I was going to London.
0: Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I kind of want to backtrack for a second. And I want to talk about arthrogryposis. And I want you to kind of just explain to the listeners like what that is and all the things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I kind of forget on podcasts, you can't see me. (laughs) So it definitely needs to be a little bit more explained, but I have arthrogryposis, it impacts uh, my legs and my hands. So it affects the joints and muscles in the affected parts. So in my hands and in my legs. So really what happens is there's no rhyme or reason. I was born with it. And so I walk with long leg braces. And that's kind of just, it's always been me in a lot of senses. I've had a lot of surgeries growing up just to kind of help with what I have in a sense. It's like, what you get is what you get. And so there's some surgeries that helps with that. But for the most part, it's always just been my body. And I feel like that's kind of how I've adapted really well to it. Because I don't know anything besides walking with my leg braces. So I walk.
0: And she, like, does it like a complete baddie. Like, you just are so phenomenal. And it's just, like, so cool to see all the amazing things that you're doing. And I think it's really inspiring and I know you mentioned you're a twin too yes.
1: so that must be so crazy yeah, I have a lot of my like competitiveness to my brother is like when he was growing up I wanted to do everything he was doing and so I think that kind of like competitive and determination came out at a really young age I love that just because he was the same age so we just <laughs> did everything together
0: yeah like y'all were in life together and you exactly. just like wanted to keep up and you
1: did and you did it like by far more than anyone else probably could so that's um, I was just happy that I could beat him in swimming. I was like, I found the one sport I could beat you
0: at. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I was like a horrible swimmer growing up. I thought I was going to be like this amazing swimmer because my mom was like, she swam for the master swim team. And she did it for a really long time. She still swims. Like that's like her workout. And… I was so horrible. <laughs> I remember one time I went to like go compete and I like basically almost drowned. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, get her out the pool, get her out
1: of the pool. She's done. But I, like, the first time I was at a swim meet when I was like four, I like didn't make it to the end of the pool. And my mom's like, and we're done. And then my brother didn't make it to the end of the pool. She's like, Maybe next year. She like, oh, oh sad us down. And we're like, mm, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I
0: love it. Do you feel like they were super supportive in your journey towards like becoming a professional athlete?
1: Absolutely. I think my parents played a huge role in who I am today. And definitely because like they kind of taught me that nothing stopped me. So they were like, whatever you put your mind to, you can do. And I think that was instilled not only in sports, but like over a lot of our like different things in our lives, especially with my siblings. So Yeah,
0: that's so cool. I like love hearing that because I feel like our parents are such a important part of our lives. And especially during like the developmental process. And I feel like if they're like your biggest cheerleaders, like you can just like soar and like do all these incredible things in life. Exactly. Yeah. So that's super cool. So I know we were talking about the London Olympics. Yes. So uh, you were 16. Didn't even have your driver's license yet. And you're literally competing for a title.
1: Uh And how did that go? I think being so young and kind of falling into the success I did was that my only goal was to make finals and I did that. So it was a really cool way to start my first Paralympics.
0: Yeah, I honestly cannot imagine. And I know I like keep saying that, but it's just so insane to think you were literally in London just competing for, like, all of these titles, and you ended up play, placing fifth, like, your first, like, go-round at it. Like, that is, like, so cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I had, like— I called it, like, a Hannah Montana double lights <laughs> moment, because, um, right after London—people don't really know this— is, like, we came home, I literally slept for two days, and then you're on a plane to Washington, D.C. to meet the president. So we met Obama and Biden. What? And so they fly you out for 24 hours. It's a super quick trip, and then, like, literally, I was on my way home. My mom picked me up from the airport after meeting the president that day. And I went to my high school football game. Like, I, that is just crazy. That is Hannah Montana
0: lifestyle. It
1: was. I yeah, love that. I had a double life. <laughs> that
0: is so cool, though. I feel like you got all these really enriching experiences at such a young age. And now you're able to help so many people. But before we go on to that, now I want to talk about like Rio a little bit. So how was that? Like, what was that experience like for you? Like being like a veteran from London and then going into Rio?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think especially now being then on top of my game a lot more, I didn't really, I knew what I was doing. It was a lot more pressure. I was doing the 200 free and 50 back. And so in the 50 backstroke, I had a really high chance of placing. And so I think that really added to a lot of the pressure. All of a sudden, I was kind of performing for Team USA in a sense. And so it was good. I placed fifth, in my backstroke. So I did not quite make a medal, but that's okay. And then I placed seventh in the 200 free. So it was hard because I really had no expectations in London and then going into a lot of expectations in Rio. But I also kind of like came to peace with it. I was like, I tried my hardest. I raced my heart out and like a medal didn't really turn out. But as I grew up and then also moved on from swimming, a medal is awesome and it shouldn't be played down, but it's also not everything no it did not make up my whole swimming career because I didn't place in Rio
0: yeah like you're not molded by that like you're not defined by like a medal or anything like that you're defined by your experiences I think being able to even do those things is just so incredible and yeah you should be really proud of yourself I know that you are that is like so cool. I am just so inspired. Like, I never be a professional athlete. So, oh gosh, I always, it's so hard. <laughs> I always look up to people like that because it's like a lot of work. So, like, yeah. what was like a typical training day like for you?
1: Oh my gosh. So, I swam Division One at Loyola, so I can kind of talk about what that looked like in college. Yeah,
0: which is actually funny because there's a Loyola in New Orleans. Yeah. So every time I hear Loyola, I'm like, oh, New Orleans. They but,
1: actually make a cross because it's a Jesuit school across the United States. Oh, I so did not know Loyola, that. Loyola, Chicago, Louisiana, and then California. Wow. Fun fact.
0: Wow, that is a fun fact. I, I did know. not know that. Oh my gosh, the more you learn. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, right? But yes, I interrupted you. What were you saying?
1: I forgot what you asked. I
0: asked how like a typical training day was like.
1: For oh months. yes, at Loyola. We would swim five days a week in the morning. And then we would have doubles Tuesday, Thursdays. And doubles meant swim, lift for an hour. And then we would swim for another two hours in the afternoon. And then on the weekends, we had meets. And what was really interesting, but also crazy, is that I was also on Team USA during this time. So I would go from my college team, and sometimes we would have to fly out to wherever Team USA's national meet is. I would swim there and then come home and do it all again. So it was a crazy, crazy time. I feel like I was... Always busy. Like, I didn't have a second
0: to like breathe.
1: To relax. Yeah. yeah. And I was taking a full course load.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Do you feel like that interfered with that, or were you able to balance it?
1: What was really cool, and I give a lot of props to the Loyalism team, is that they really valued academics too. Cool. So it was cool to have like that support system. Like, everyone was doing their homework, making sure that, that they were on top of their schoolwork too. So I feel like that's an easier environment to be on top of it because everyone else else is also doing the exact—the same thing you're doing and also on top of
0: it. I always wondered about that because I look at these professional athletes, and I wonder how they balance everything, especially if they're younger, because most professional athletes do start at a younger age. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, like, really, really nice to hear that, you know, they really prioritize, like, your education and yeah. all the other hats that you were wearing as well. But that is so cool that you literally met the president. Oh, no, <laughs> how was
1: that? Like, was that like just like completely crazy? It was so crazy. We did that again in Rio. We met both or, presidents like, after Rio. <laughs> yeah, and I know I was like, okay, cool. And it was just like nuts, like just like the power of it. And I actually still like I don't know the right words for it. Because yeah, it was just so like out of this world.
0: Yeah, like in the White House, just like chilling. You yeah. were in the White House. Yes. I like—I forget that that's what happens. I know.
1: It's Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And so, like, my parents came to visit when I officially moved here. And they're like, we should go see the White House. I'm like, I've been there. And it took them, like, a really long time to register that, like, I've actually been to the White like, House. Like, you were invited. And I was like, yeah, 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 we should go. And I was like, no, I, Mom, I was there. You're like,
0: sorry. Like, been there before, done that. <laughs> sorry, Mom.
1: <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> Too cool for school. I love it. So— I want to talk about more just about like people with disabilities in general and like kind of like destigmatizing that because I know that we've had conversations about like how people treat people with disabilities and certain interactions that you've had like even just like walking around that like are just like absolutely ridiculous and I would just like love to hear like your two cents on like how like that journey has been for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think I've kind of stated it before is that I've always just like kind of know who I am like I can't change who I am so I've kind of just embraced it and it's been really interesting just like to see the world and obviously the world is drastically changing and people who are different definitely have more of a space to take up but I feel like growing up it's very different I was also the only person I knew with a physical disability Wow. so I in a great sense because of my determination and stubbornness I've always like no I can do that and like, kind of been like that. But on the other hand, it was like I didn't have any role models or anything to like look up to. So I was like, okay, time to wing it. And I think that's also hard. But yeah, I feel like people can be really rude and really mean. And unfortunately, like, that's still something that disabled people have to deal with. Or it's yeah. like I have to be more kind and like kind of be on top of my game because like what people think of. Disabilities. Yeah. And I think I definitely changed that perception. I believe in perception a lot. And I'm like, no, like you can do all of these things. And I think anyone in my life or who knows me, I've like kind of changed their perception of disability. And that used to bother me when I was little when someone. I also would see someone with a disability and be like, I thought of you. And I was like, how dare you? I'm like my own person. But now I'm like, oh no, they think of it in such a great light. And they saw that person differently because they see me differently. And I think that's a really cool transition.
0: Yeah. So, number one, you are literally perfect the way that you are. Like, you are so cool. And like I said in the intro, like, I am so inspired by you. And I think all the people that know you are so inspired by you. So, like, seeing these people, like, maybe if it's on a screen or they meet somebody else with a disability, like, they're reminded of, like, how inspiring you are. And I think that that is so cool. And— do you feel like there's more representation now as opposed to like when you were younger? Oh
1: my gosh, absolutely. And I still should see more. And so like every time I see representation in a great light, I'm like, oh, to buy five copies. Like I like so support it because it is a cool age to now be in social media and having all these different people have voices. And it really gave people with disabilities more of a voice and more of a platform and like being able to talk on everything disability, especially TikTok. So like the disabled community on TikTok has been really cool because it's not this perfect picture kind of thing that we grew up with, like Instagram and Facebook. It's like, oh, this is who I am. And I feel like that's where disability has flourished because it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect, but it is a really cool opportunity.
0: Okay, so this weekend, I was absolutely so hungover, and I am so grateful that I had a Next Day sitting in my fridge. If you don't know what Next Day is, it's a natural, great-tasting, low-calorie bevy, and it actually alleviates the symptoms of hangovers and provides a pick-me-up whenever you need. It literally saved my life, and it has all the vitamins that would be in an IV drip, so I call it my IV drip in a can. But treats nausea, dehydration, headaches, lowered immunity, and so much more. I had an event later that night, so it totally cured me. And it's crazy how instant the results are. Plus they're DC originated and they actually have deliveries in under 30 minutes in DC, Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, Baltimore, Nova, and Alexandria. So you can actually get 15% off your order or delivery from next day by using code Veronica on their site. That's code Veronica V E R O N I C A for 15% off your order so you can wave goodbye to your hangovers and give you instant relief on your next night out. That's code Veronica for 15% off your order and we will put the link in the show notes. I agree with you. Like I always say like Facebook is for updating your family members or like having big life events and then Instagram is like purely aesthetic you aren't going to get, like, a piece of— Like, you can get emotion from Instagram, like, if it's a long caption, or maybe somebody tells, like, a really vulnerable story, but it's so much harder to translate on there. And then with TikTok, it's like, you can really just be, like, the most vulnerable version of yourself. So I think that's really cool that you found a community through that, because I feel like so many people have had that experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think TikTok is really cool, but I also agree with you on Instagram. It's, like, very aesthetic. Yeah. If it's not the perfect picture— and like the perfect filter, then like, who knows,
0: so. I know, and I'm like so over that. I think it's fun if you're like creative and you want to make things like artsy, whatever, but I feel as if things are just pivoting towards way more real and organic and interesting stories, like more uniqueness. And I feel like for a long time, like Instagram wasn't really like a pivotal place for people that were different. It's just yeah. like, oh, let's see everybody that looks the exact same and post the same exact
1: picture in the same place. Exactly. But I will say is the one thing people before anything else they say about me, they're like, she's verified on Instagram. I'm like, before <laughs> anything else, I could do all of these things. I could be this person. And they'll be like, but she's verified on Instagram. I'm like, okay, that's probably not on my top five <laughs> accomplishments. But that is so funny. That blue check, people get really excited about it.
0: It's so funny because I remember... Whenever I, like, first started in the social media space, people were, like, introducing me. as like, oh, that's Veronica. She's an influencer. I'm like, please don't introduce me like this.
1: I'm not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just <laughs> funny how, like, people— I think they're proud of those things, you know? Oh, so, yeah. Like, that's they're like, I way. want a blue
1: check. And, like, it's so nice, but it's also very funny. That's the first thing that comes out of people's That is mouths. hilarious. You're like, you're like, I have so many things. <laughs> you like, like, okay, you, you got to tell check. them that, like, I'm a Paralympian. That's how I got the blue check. <laughs> and then, like, wake up one day and they're like, oh, yeah, Alyssa, you get a check mark. <laughs> Give them some context. Cool. Yeah,
0: right. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. But I know that you have, like, shared that you will be walking around in public and people are on their phones. like tip tapping away and almost just
1: like brush
0: into you and like brush, yes I,
1: is that like super frustrating? It is really frustrating and I I try not to get mad about it because if I get mad about it I feel like I go down a negative hole and I don't think that's a good thing so I'm like come on people look up be a little more aware of your surroundings it's also like not that hard I guess for me I'm like it is not hard to be a kind decent human mm-hmm. doesn't take any really effort and yet there's still a lot of people People that you're like, mm, it takes more effort to be mean than effort to be a decent human.
0: I, total, I love that. I'm like quoting you on that because <laughs> I think it's so true. It takes way more energy to enlight people on their shortcomings or… Just be outright rude. Like, yeah. you have to think about this. things, <laughs> like, really tough. You know, it's so much easier to be nice yeah. and to treat people the way that you would like to be treated. Because you know directly, like, how you would want to be treated. Absolutely. So, I think a lot of people get jaded when it comes to that. Yeah. And I'm sorry that you go through experiences like that. I was telling you a story, and I know this is completely different, but— I was in the airport. I think it was Chicago. I don't know where I was. I was in an airport. And I was going back to D.C. And I saw this, like, community, this uh, group. They had just gone to—or they were going to D.C. to go to this conference for people that were blind. So it was, like, a lot of, like, younger people. I would say they were around my age and did have a guide that worked at the airport and— I guess she couldn't leave like this one section of the airport. So she was like, okay, bye. Y'all have fun. And (laughs) just like let them like keep going. And I like looked over and they were like running into things and like didn't know where they were going. And people were just like completely running past them and running into them. And it was just like so awful to see people so unaware of their surroundings or at least have that compassion to help. I also think like people were scared to like go up and offer help. So I don't know. I like weirdly had this like ignition in me to just go help because I don't know. If that was me, I would want somebody to steer me in the right direction. So I went up to them and I just said, hey, where are you guys going? And they said DC. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. I'm going to DC too. So I was like walking with them and he was just saying like the guy who was kind of leading them was saying, hey just keep talking to me. We'll have a conversation and they'll listen to your voice. So we just like kept walking to the airport and you know, they were like really thankful. And I think if you can just go out of your way a little bit just to do a kind thing, even if like you think it might be this scary thing, I think helping others is like really important.
1: Absolutely. And then we had this conversation. I'm like, people with disabilities know what they need help with. Like, if you ask someone, they'll either say, no, it's okay. And, like, that's totally fine because they probably have it under control. But, like, if someone walked up to me in a tricky situation, I'd be like, yeah, can I have your hand? Yeah, can you grab this bag? Like, they kind of know how to help themselves. So I don't think it should be as scary for someone to ask for help.
0: Exactly. You're just a normal person. So
1: it's not not like this crazy, weird thing.
0: And I think— that's what's really cool about what you're doing, because you started your own nonprofit and business. And I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can kind of give you the backstory. So yeah. it was 2019. And I've always kind of had this idea of having an adaptive fitness class, because like, if you think about it pre COVID, like if all fitness classes were like hopping, like it was the thing to do.
0: Yeah. And it's yeah. super intimidating. Oh
1: my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, okay, as someone with a disability, I'd have to adapt the entire class and like that's kind of defeats the purpose of going to a fitness class and so I was kind of just like thinking and brainstorming of like how I could create like that kind of community and then COVID hit and everything went virtual right like there's was, it was like that weird time of COVID which like everyone was like doing push-ups and they're like this will last two weeks and, push-up like, challenge push-up <laughs> challenge like there was just like the wild times of like oh yeah this is only gonna last like a couple of weeks like might as well get in our like best shape ever I'm like,
0: almost embarrassed because i I did the challenge. Oh my
1: god, me too. Yeah, don't worry. I was like, well, that's a little cringy now yeah, looking at now like Now that COVID I'm thinking TV. about it, it's like so cringy. But I
0: was in like total Hulk mode during oh, COVID. Yeah. I was like, I have nothing better to do. I'm just going to work out like yeah, three
1: Yeah, no, just like walks. Like it was a walk and workout and like nobody really knew what to do with themselves. And so, I saw all of these things go virtual and there was like nothing really adaptive. I'm like, okay, like that's cool. You can join like this Instagram live but like it wasn't Wasn't really made for. So what's difficult is there is incredible, incredible creators and fitness influencers in the disabled community, but they only tailor to their disability. So, like, it would be someone in a wheelchair, someone with MS, someone with cerebral palsy. So, like, I couldn't find anywhere for me to fit in because I was like, okay, like, sometimes I like to sit and do a workout and sometimes I like to stand and do a workout. And, like, there. so I was kind of researching and doing all these things and there wasn't really, like, a overarching kind of program that helped a lot of different people with disabilities. So I get back here, and the one thing I wanted was to make it free, because I thought it was kind of BS if you had to pay for, like, an adaptive service. And, like, there's so many... Crucial other things that went into that because people with disabilities are like five times more likely to be inactive, have heart disease, obese, you name it, depression, mental health issues. And so I feel that like also correlates. Nobody
0: talks about that.
1: Yeah. And that also correlates to underemployment, right? If you're mm-hmm. dealing with all these things, like I didn't want someone to have to pay money for that. So I created a nonprofit called AMG Fitness Foundation, and that's kind of where it started. So you can find all these programs online. And what I did is I kind of based it off of the Paralympic classification system, which is system that makes everything kind of fair in the sport of swimming. So like I only race against people who have the same limitations as I do. So it could all look different, but it's like that limitations and what our body could do. So I kind of based my three programs off of what I saw in the classification system, right? Like if you're a lower class, this is what you need. If you're a middle class, this is what you need. If you're a higher class, that probably is just missing a foot or a hand. Like this is what you need. So that's kind of how I created those programs programs on AMG so they're called Adapt Move and Gain and then this last couple of weeks I've also have which is awesome because I fulfilled my goal of having an adaptive in-person fitness class so we've had three so far it's once every month and so it's been really cool to see that community grow as well
0: That is so cool because I do feel like group fitness is intimidating and I actually had a friend on yesterday who is pregnant. And she was even talking about how, like, going into a group fitness class pregnant is intimidating. So I think creating these outlets for people is so important because if you're just an able-bodied person, like, yeah, you can go into these group fitness classes and you don't really necessarily need that individual attention. I think it's great to have it. But I feel like you've created this outlet for people to make sure that they're doing things in a safe environment. Yes. And that they're doing, like, exercises that are going to, like, benefit them. Right. As opposed to just, like, going into this workout class and, like, not necessarily feeling welcomed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, like, anyone with a disability can tell you that that would be the last thing they wanted to do is walk into an able-bodied fitness class. So, with AMG, especially being in person, like, I see that community and I see how awesome in-person fitness classes can be. And so, to be able to walk into somewhere where, like, you know the instructor knows what she's doing. She also has a disability. disability. And to know that like you can have a safe and effective workout with people who are also there for the same reason is really cool. And I think a lot of people think it's just disabilities. And I'm like, there's so many different disabilities in a sense that I'm like, okay, like it's not just what you imagine in your mind. That's like, oh, it's someone in a wheelchair. That's a disability. It's like, oh, okay. Like I have a bad knee. Like my shoulder hurts. Like my, I'm aging and, or I'm pregnant. There's so many reasons to have that besides just having a disability.
0: Do you feel like this whole experience has taught you so much more about like the space in general?
1: Absolutely. I'm still learning more and like I think I learn more every time someone comes to a class or someone takes an AMG workout be like oh okay that's how you did it. Like I was at a leadership summit Yeah I was going to ask you about that. Yeah the last two days and the head of accessibility for Comcast was there and he was actually the reason that you know like at a remote you can just say what you want to watch and it just plays he like created that which is really cool and he's completely blind and so we were working out like the next morning I was like in the fitness studio and his trainer would come on and just like kind of guide him through the workout and like where he is and like what to grab and like how to do all of that and it was really really cool and I told him this like I got to hear all of what his cues and like the signals he needed which helped me learn too That is
0: so cool. It was really cool. So it was a diversity inclusion. Yes. Like expo uh, summit. Yeah, summit. It's for like
1: helping serve the underemployment of people with disabilities. So helping them get better resources, better jobs, and hopefully more higher paying jobs.
0: That is so cool. And yeah, I agree. I think that's something that isn't like expressed or talked about enough because— I love how you're becoming this voice for your community. And now you are speaking so that other people can hear what opportunities are out there and how they can really, like, leverage success, like, given their positions. And I love what you're doing. And I think it's really, really important to look at diversity from a different lens because I feel like sometimes we think about diversity and We just imagine like, oh yeah, it's just a bunch of different people. But then there's people with disabilities. There's people that have gone through like struggles in life that aren't able to have the same opportunities as other people. And I think it's really, really interesting that they have, like, events like this so that you can attend and learn more and educate yourself. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It's, like, it was the first one, so they're kind of building this professional network, so they asked me to be a part of it, which is really cool. And, like, especially we talked a lot about this at, like, the diversity. It's, like, all of these companies, and I'm going to say, like, the big top 10 companies of America or whatever have, like, this goal, right, of diversity and inclusion. And, like, that has been huge names or, like, Huge topics in those companies. But, like, when's the last time you saw someone with a disability and, like, kind of like talking into that? I think 3% of these companies actually count that diversity and inclusion to people with disabilities.
0: Wow. So
1: the rest of them, like, they can hit their quote, but it's not necessarily with disability. And so I think that was really interesting, too. And, like, to be able to be a part of that and, like, helpfully help the next set of people who go through this because it's, should be talked about. It should be something that should be implemented in everywhere, especially with it being 2023. Like, if you're including everyone else, but still don't have disability in that, like, then you're not doing all of the work.
0: No, I, like, can't wait to see you. I feel like in, like, the next year or so, I'm going to see you, like— behind a podium, on Capitol Hill, like, lobbying, (laughs) (laughs) just, like, doing your thing, (laughs) being, like, the spokeswoman. I think it's, like, really, really cool, and I bet you met, like, so many fantastic people. I mean, that that is is so cool that you're meeting people that created technologies that are just helping different communities in a way that I didn't even know that that was— created by I somebody either. that was, and blind. I was like
1: oh okay that's really cool and like that makes a lot of sense cuz then he could just say what he wants to watch and like not have like the tv have to speak to him and all of the other things that come with that
0: yeah. And also on social media, I've been trying really, really hard to put like closed captions on everything too. Yeah, And sometimes I forget, but I'm trying to be more diligent about it because I know that that's how people like consume their content. So I yeah. I need to be like more cognizant of that too. So
1: I think Absolutely. it's… I try to do it every time. Yeah. But, like how TikTok and like some other ones changed their CCs, which made no sense. And I was like, okay, I don't know what this means, but I put it
0: there anyway. <laughs> I know. I know some… Now there's a lot of social media apps. I know TikTok is doing it, where they do like auto captions, which is really cool. So you don't even have to think about it. They're already doing it, which I think is awesome. And that these technology companies and these app developers are already thinking about those things and trying to be more inclusive. Absolutely. Yeah. But I just absolutely love your story. I know I keep saying that over and over and over again, but… I do want to talk about your fitness program a little bit more. Yes. So, uh, if somebody were listening that wanted to get involved, like, how would they get involved. Like, I know that you have three different programs. Like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, it's all on my website. So, it will kind of tell you where you probably fit in those, like, in the classification and what program you should take. And so, then it goes to that program and it has all the workouts listed. And then there's little videos of me doing the exercise. So, just in case you don't know what a bicep curl is or you're just learning about how to work out in the body that you have, there will be shown on how to do it. And then in-person classes happen once a month. We have the next one in February, the second weekend of February, which is really cool. And so you can always drop by then if you're around DC. And it's for everyone. It's not just for people with disabilities. The more, the merrier. It's free. It's at Flex. DC actually in Arlington, which is a great location. Yes.
0: I love Matt and Katie. They're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah, they're like the founders. They're super cute. They just had a baby.
1: I know. So so cool.
0: I know. Well, I want to come to a class. (laughs) Come.
1: (laughs) February, (laughs) I should have (laughs) I should have that date. Hold on. I will show you.
0: Yeah. We can put this in the show notes too. So anybody who's interested in attending can stop by.
1: Oh yeah, I was going to
0: say, it's February the 11th. Okay, February the 11th. I won't be here, but I'll make sure Uh to put in the show notes that people that are interested can come by. Awesome. And like just like interact and, you know, get to meet you and all those cool things. But I do have one question for you. So what's like one piece of advice that you would give to somebody that is maybe struggling mentally or professionally that has a disability and like what advice could you give them that you wish you could tell like your younger self or like— help somebody get out of that, like, hole? Oh,
1: that is a great question. I think what I would probably say to my younger self, and this is going to be a little harsh, so I don't want that to be bad, but I think it's like, okay, this happened to you. This sucks. What are you going to do about it? And I think that's also hard to hear, but I also think it's like, okay, what can you do to make this situation better? And I think I've always kind of had that mindset. And I think there is a lot of people who, especially with disability in all senses, just like kind of like have that as their fallback. And they'll be like, no, this sucks. And I'm like, "Okay, but like, what are you going to do about it? You could do something about it, whether it's drinking more water, whether it's going to seek help, whether it's going to therapy. Like there's always something that you can do to kind of help yourself and you got to help yourself. Before anyone else.
0: Yeah. And I feel like just making small moves towards a goal is so important. Absolutely. Yeah, whether that's like waking up and doing research about like a physical therapist or waking up and deciding that you want to drink a gallon of water a day. You know, I think it's just like, Obviously, those are some lofty goals. But I think if you just, like, make little small movements towards the goals that you want to incorporate into your life, that's the most important part. It's, like, waking up and deciding to do it.
1: Absolutely. And then kind of realizing that, like, you can do it. And I don't think people hear that enough. Like, you can. I could, yeah. I see it in you, and knowing that there's people out there who have done it and will do it again, I think is really inspiring. Yeah, too.
0: and I think like the community you've built is amazing. So I think if people are struggling, they should they should come to you.
1: Come to AMG Fitness. Yeah. We have over 250 participants right now. Oh my gosh!
0: Congratulations. I know Thank you guys you. have like soared this past year. And if you want to like
1: explain a little bit about like all of the success that you've had. Yeah. So the first year, so we started in September of last year, we raised $45,000. We had so our cool. first virtual adaptive 5K. So we had 75 participants from coast to coast actually participating. And this year I'll drop it. We'll be the same time. it will be in March. And if you win, you get a pair of on-running shoes, Ooh, which is cool, because that happened last year, too. And we have over 250 people we're serving right now. And I say we. I have a great team. It's not just me. So they. I couldn't do it without my AMG team.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. And I just know that you are going to keep soaring and just like acquiring all these accolades because you've already got off to such a good start. That's incredible that you have such a big community. And I know that you're changing people's lives. And I also think it's really cool that people are coming to you. I know that we were talking about people that might not be ready for that yet, or maybe they're not in the best place mentally. But I think it's cool that you have people approaching you, like, I'm ready to make this step, and I'm ready to change my life, or I'm ready to dedicate time to myself
1: and like and I think they have to really be in that mind space to appreciate AMG because I'm not going to be there to tell them to do it but I'm giving them all of the resources that they need in order to succeed which is cool that is so
0: cool that's amazing so I actually want to ask another, like, piece of advice type of question.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I
0: liked my first two. No, 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 no. No, it was amazing. And I just want to ask, what is some advice that you would give to somebody that has, like, a healthy, able body? How do you think that they should start helping their communities become more inclusive towards people with disabilities? Or what's something that they can do to really, like, boost up the community?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think anyone can be an ally and kind of realize that this is a situation that's been going on for a really long time. It is not something that just appeared. People with disabilities haven't just appeared. And to kind of be really mindful of that and kind of look around their lives and be like, okay, like, what does this say about me? Or like, just be more aware of that, like how inaccessible the world can be. Like, I remember my cousin, one of her classes, they had them go around their college campus in a wheelchair. And she's like, I saw the world so differently from that moment on because of how inaccessible my college campus wow. was that people don't think about. So I think that's definitely one of the pieces of advice is like, be an ally, see who's around you, see what your company's doing about it. But also be like, okay, I'm like if I was in a wheelchair, would I be able to do X, Y, and Z? And a lot of people probably will say no. Wow. And they kind of look at that in a different light.
0: Yeah, I know you've mentioned that D.C. is actually the most, like, accessible city. Yes,
1: it is. I did not know that. The metro is the one and only, like, place that you can always get on and off, which is really cool. That is crazy. And New York is not… Nope. At all. At all. At the summit, this guy's like, yeah, you should come to New York. I'm like, how would I get <laughs> you're around? you like, hell no. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't know. I used to walk up… I had a one-story walk-up. I'm like, you're in a wheelchair. He's like, yeah, that was a lot of work. Wow. Oh my gosh. I, I was like, uh, that's dedication. <laughs> yeah, that is dedication. Yeah, but that's
0: super cool that DC is so accessible. And yes. I think this makes it a really unique place to live. And I also think there's, like, a huge community for people that— They have a disability. And I think there's a lot of ways to get involved. First of all, being AMG Fitness. And I'm sure that there's some other organizations that you could tell us about if you know of any that...
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many, but there's some pretty incredible people doing pretty incredible work, I would say, in like kind of any of the section you're interested in, right? Like there's people on the Hill. An awesome woman named Kristen does incredible things. And she will continue doing incredible things for the U.S. Senate? Oh, I think so. And <laughs> okay. Sorry, Crystal. Like, all, all the political stuff here. Like, I, I am not I was in like, politics. I know you talk a lot, and I know you're doing such great things in that space. I cannot tell you who she talks to, but she's doing great things. I am not in politics, and like, it just goes over my head. Oh, my and my
0: gosh, somebody will tell me that they're like, they work for Congress member X, Y, and Z, and I will, like, literally say that they're a senator, <laughs> like, that they,
1: like, work at the White I'm House. like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then, yeah, I I'm, like, all over it.
0: It's hard place. to keep up with, so. Yes, but Kristen. Okay, that's amazing. I feel like The Hill does a really, really good job with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I yeah. think it's a really cool area and place to live, especially for someone with disabilities. so that's been really cool. That's
0: great. I kind of want to pivot into something else okay. as we're kind of, like, trickling to the end here, but… I know that you're in a relationship. And I know we have a lot of people that listen that, like, love dating advice. (laughs) So if you could give, like, some general dating advice for the listeners.
1: General (laughs) dating advice. I was definitely single for a little bit before I met my boyfriend. We live together. We've been together for about a year now. Oh, my gosh. He's great. I think my general relationship topic is just to like give people a chance. Like I've always been someone that's like, okay, I'll go on this date. Like it could turn up nothing and you go home and go to bed or like it could be great. And I think it's giving people that chance. I've always been super outgoing. So I'm like, yeah, like I think a lot of my friends can attest that After I moved here, I made a lot of friends and I felt really comfortable and they were like, Alyssa, you should date. And I was like, Oh, I don't know about that. That seems like a lot of work. I don't wanna have to like (laughs) it's like a job. I don't know. I know, it really is is a job. It's (laughs) exhausting. It is exhausting. It's like a part-time job. I know. So it was like during the summer and I was like, okay, whatever I do, something I put 100% into it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go on 30 dates and not, or 30 days of dating. I called it. I love that. So for 30 days, you just got to commit yourself and you're like, okay, I'm going to say yes. Obviously you guys have to match on an app. Like I'm not saying like say yes to everyone. (laughs) Okay. But like if, someone asks you out, just go. And it could be a great story, it could be a bad story, or you could just go home. And, like, I think that was a really cool way of, like, kind of jumpstarting that, just to, like, give people a chance. Like, yeah. I had a lot of, like, funny, like, stories from it and different things like that. And I think every time my friends kind of, like, got out of relationships or, like, whatever, they're like, no, I'm going to embrace Alyssa. I just got to do it. And you got to meet people, and then you can, like— be picky I'm not saying to do that the whole time you're dating because that's exhausting (laughs) well it's kind of like an accelerated
0: way of like getting yourself out of your comfort zone I feel like
1: exactly like go somewhere new or like go meet someone that you probably would have never given a chance to and I think that's a really cool way of thinking about it especially in this city everyone's like who do you know like Different things like that. And I'm like, okay, just give it a chance. It's such a
0: melting pot. And I say this literally on every episode.
1: But it is. Like, you can meet some really interesting people. Absolutely. Like, the reason I met my boyfriend is because he was like, hey, like, it was right after New Year's, like, last year. And he's like, I want to avoid school. He's a teacher. So he's like, I want to avoid school. Do you want to go and get a drink this Sunday? And, like, that was our first date. Oh, So, like, just give it a chance. And I think… Was it in your thirty days that you? Guys oh started? no, that was a long way after that. <laughs> I can tell you really good stories about my thirty days. Oh my god, that's. Hilarious. I don't think I found love then. Oops. So was it like every day? No, okay. I think I went on a total of like ten dates, but like that's during a span of time, as like okay, and like some people made it to second dates, and then some people I'm like, yeah, I don't ever want to talk to you again, and I'm like that's okay too
0: i love it i love it what's like the craziest story do you want to tell
1: oh man i feel like oh this is not a crazy story but like everyone thought this was really funny so i went on a date with a pilot and we were like talking and i started using like my pilot voice and all my friends were like no you didn't and i was like yeah i was like i was telling him my pilot voice you need to do it for us and it was like oh yeah no i have to like get in character um he was, like, talking, and I was like, oh, like, you know, like, flying into Hotlanta, the temperature is 75 degrees and sunny. We got winds coming out of the southeast. We'll have you there in, like, 35 minutes. If you, and then I, like, went into, like, if I you're flying the friendly skies, be sure to fly with us next time. He's like, why were you good at that? And I was like, <laughs> I'm, like I don't know. You're like, I'm taking your job. And everyone's that. like, please never do that again. I'm like, that was fun.
0: Oh, my God, that is hilarious. <laughs> that, that's so interesting, though. He probably loved it he probably loved it he was like this is like my love language there you go he laughed I love it I love it well this has been so fun my final question for you which I've been trying to do more is ask people what their martini of choice is
1: ooh I
0: just think uh, dirty martini with uh,
1: olives yes yes that's my with favorite blue cheese olives
0: that's me. Yes. I get like extra dirty with blue cheese stuffed olives. Yeah. Have you had like a really good one in DC?
1: No, I'm actually not a big martini
0: girl, but I will order oh. that. Well, what's your like favorite like drink of choice then? I know oh. some people aren't martini people.
1: Yeah, spicy margarita. For sure, yeah. I could always go for that. Like a
0: lot of jalapenos. Yes, yes. But the,
1: the better. Yeah,
0: same. I'm the yeah. same way. I'm like. Only
1: then I'm like my mouth's on fire. <laughs> I'm like maybe that wasn't a good.
0: Thing. Oh my gosh! Well, thank you so much for coming on, Alyssa. This yeah, was such absolutely. a treat, and I feel like people are just really going to learn so much from you, and hopefully they will have like some sort of idea how they can get involved with AMG or just the community in general. And I appreciate you for using your voice for the better
1: and just
0: telling us all about your amazing accolades and things you have going on. And I will definitely put… In the show notes, how people can attend your next event.
1: Awesome. But if
0: there's anything else you want to tell the audience, this is your time to shine.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. The last thing is amgfitness.org. You can find all of the information on me. I'm also active on all social media. So if you have any questions or want to get in contact with me, that way. And the last thing is that is a nonprofit. So we do raise money. And so if you know anyone or know any foundations or anything that would want to get involved with a nonprofit like AMG, please, please, please uh, let me know. There's a lot of giving and there's a lot of giving in certain companies as well. So if you were to give something, there's always matching donations, which is really cool as well. And I'm sure almost all companies in DC have that.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So you guys. Definitely get your companies involved if possible. That would be incredible for the growth of AMG. Yes. But how can they specifically get in touch with you? Like, what's your social handles? What's your website? Things like that. Yes.
1: So, amgfitness.org is the website. My social handles are Alyssa Jalamus… Alyssa Jalamus on Facebook and then AMG Fitness on TikTok.
0: Perfect. And we'll put that all in the show notes for you guys too. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Bye, guys. Okay. So this weekend, I was absolutely so hungover. And I am so grateful that I had a Next Day sitting in my fridge. If you don't know what Next Day is, it's a natural, great-tasting, low-calorie bevy and it actually alleviates the symptoms of hangovers and provides a pick-me-up whenever you need. It literally saved my life, and it has all the vitamins that would be in an IV drip, so I call it my IV drip in a can. But it treats nausea, dehydration, headaches, lowered immunity, and so much more. I had an event later that night, so it totally cured me, and it's crazy how instant the results are. Plus, they're D.C. originated, and they actually have deliveries in under 30 minutes in D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, Philly, Baltimore, Nova, and Alexandria. So you can actually get 15% off your order or delivery from next day by using code VERONICA on their site. That's code VERONICA, V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A, for 15% off your order, so you can wave goodbye to your hangovers and give you instant relief on your next night out. That's code VERONICA for 15% off your order, and we will put the link in the show notes.